Good morning and welcome back, listeners. It is currently Tuesday, May 12th, and you are listening to today's episode of the 5-Minute Drill, brought to you by L5 Media. As always, I am your co-host, Darian Phillips, and I am joined by Simran Sandu. And for the past few months, we've been dealing with an extremely volatile crude oil market that has ultimately driven prices to historic lows. And as of recent, we've seen these prices begin to slowly rebound, currently hovering around $24.14 a barrel in the U.S. Now, that said, what I'm trying to get to here, listeners, is all this talk about crude oil prices has overshadowed other hurting commodity markets, one of which is electricity. And I think Simi has something to say about that. You're absolutely correct, Darian. Due to the pandemic, we've seen offices, shops, factories, and even Wall Street trading floors unoccupied. And now the International Energy Agency is forecasting the largest decline in electricity consumption since the Great Depression. As a result, electricity prices have significantly declined in the U.S., especially in New York City, where wholesale power prices average roughly $16.50 a megawatt hour. This is down by more than a quarter compared to January. But on that note, what do we see with U.S. stocks, Darian? Well, markets saw marginal movements across the board with the NASDAQ coming out as the winner for the day. The tech-heavy index rose by 80 basis points, while the S&P 500 increased by a mere 10 basis points, and the Dow fell by 40 basis points. And let's take a moment to reference back to BlackRock and how they're setting themselves up to go toe-to-toe with large banks. Yesterday, they got one step closer as PNC Financial Services has exited their investment in the firm, and now BlackRock has officially removed its obligations to any other banks who've previously backed the company. I will say, PNC did come out a winner on this one. They originally bought $250 million worth of equity in BlackRock, which is now worth $17 billion. That's almost a 70x gain for PNC. And Richard Branson went on quite the selling spree as well, giving up nearly 12% of Virgin Group's space tourism venture, Virgin Galactic. The company owns a cruise line and two airlines, which have been hit hard over the past few months, as we're all well aware. And the company plans to use the funds from this sell-off to support these companies, as well as other global leisure, holiday, and travel businesses in its portfolio. Yeah, they're finding a way to stay afloat during these turbulent times, but let me tell you, Neiman Marcus is burning through cash like we've never seen before. After filing for bankruptcy, they expect to go through an additional $300 million before it can reopen stores, and that's a lot of designer apparel they're going to have to sell in order to make up for it. And if you remember, listeners, last week we noted that Simon Property was going to begin opening its shopping malls at select locations across the country. Well, now the company has reported that it plans to have roughly 50% of its malls and outlet centers reopened by the end of this week. As a result, their shares rose by 3% in after-hours trading. Elon Musk is channeling his inner Tony Stark as he defies local county orders by planning to restart Tesla's California production, and he also stated on his personal Twitter that if anyone is arrested, he asks that it is only him. Oh, I'm finally figuring it out. He's trying to go to Mars so he can get out of California. It's really all starting to make sense now. But anyways, I do have a quick question for you listeners. I was just wondering, are you struggling to decipher what information to believe about the coronavirus right now? If so, it's good to know that you're not alone. A new survey showed that 78% of Americans believe that misinformation about the virus is a major problem right now. And Twitter is taking action to try and solve this issue. In particular, the company has started to add labels to tweets that have disputed information about the coronavirus. So be on the lookout, listeners. 
And on a similar note, Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health has just created a new online course on contact tracing. For those who don't know, contact tracing is a common technique where public health workers track down and interview patients to determine everyone they came into contact with while infectious. Now, this course is six hours long, but it is free, and we've already seen 15,000 people apply to be a contact tracer in New York. And yesterday also brought news about some potential support for Americans. Even after the recent $2 trillion stimulus package, people are still asking for more financial relief. And the Trump administration is now considering letting workers access Social Security benefits early in exchange for lower payments later. Needless to say, this would definitely make for an interesting economic case study. Hey, I think we can comfortably say that there are going to be a lot of case studies to come out from this whole thing. But anyways, folks, that wraps up today's episode. And as always, make sure to subscribe for a weekly newsletter on upbymedia.com. And we look forward to seeing you bright and early Wednesday morning as we continue our journey to redefine how you experience news.